Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So what are you working on this summer, Dave? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's funny because uh, so you know, a couple weeks ago we had WWDC, and I think that is... In, in, in the moment, and certainly if you listen to our WWDC episode, like it gets a little overwhelming. You kind of you, like the first few couple of days of WWDC is very much just trying to wrap your head around what are the things that are new, what are the things that are interesting, um, what does Apple want you to care about this year, um, and even just being aware of all of the things that are going on, like. You know, Apple does a reasonably good job of communicating that in the keynote and State of the Union, but there's always these little nooks and crannies and places uh, where different, very diff- different things can happen. And then it's maybe only about now, like usually a couple of weeks after WWDC, that I really start to get a sense um, of what my summer is going to look like. And it's kind of a weird summer for me because I feel like last summer um, turned out to be a pretty big summer for me. Uh, you know, I, in the episode we did where it was like, what are my summer plans? I talked about, you know, plans for world domination of widgets. And it turned out that that was um, uh, like success, successful. <laughs> that plan actually came, came to fruition, which is, you know, kind of remarkable in retrospect. But that was where I was about this time last year. Whereas this year, it's it's much quieter. Like I look at my notebook, and so usually what I've done with WWDC is I'll sit down, um, and I, I at the end I find for some reason I don't know why, but paper seems to work better for this than me. And I'll just sit down in a notebook and I'll write down my ideas like for summer plans. And this year it's fairly plain. Like there's lots of small changes I expect to make, but it's almost in a weird way that like this fall there'll be a lot of like point releases to my apps to support you know, the, the new stuff rather than it being a situation where there's like either new apps at this point, point, I don't really have any plans for any new apps, um, for day one. And mostly even to my existing apps, it's, you know, minor changes, improvements, it's, you know, adding support for the extra large widget in widget Smith, which is like great, but is a relatively minor feature. Um, cause it's basically the same as the other features, just better. So, um, you know, it's, it's a quieter summer for me, but, um, it's, I'm certainly not complaining. And we can certainly dive into it. I think it's an interesting, you know, we'll talk about it more with what that actually looks like in practice. But, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a quiet summer, maybe one that will be spent a bit more, you know, outside than, you know, sort of trapped inside and, uh, you know, feverishly working away. What about you? Kind of similar. Yeah, you know, like the like after the excitement died down from WWC and, and you know, after I watched a bunch of session videos and, and played with a few of the new APIs, I've gotten to the point where I, I think I have a pretty clear path forward of, of how I'm going to be doing things. Um, I've already built certain things using some new APIs, but it's not like major, you know, app changing things. It's stuff that I can like conditionally enable. Um, there, and there's a whole bunch of various, you know, little little niceties that you can conditionally enable with, you know, with the available macros um, for, you know, things like there's some new properties on URL requests, so you can properly attribute them for the privacy tracking uh, features. Um, there's like the new, like, refund sheet that you can conditionally enable on your purchase screen like you know there's stuff like that that we can do but none of that really requires like massive revamping of anything that's all stuff you could do like in a day or two um just you know whenever you're running ios 15 um and some of the new 15 only like more major features things like you know share play um like i don't i don't think i'm gonna really be doing much with with that yet um there's a whole bunch of new niceties in the ui frameworks you know things like obviously swift ui got a bunch of new stuff that makes everything a lot better there there's the ui sheet presentation controller to to have a system way to, to show like sheet style uh controllers um you know there's a whole like there's like the built-in 
async image decoding and thumbnailing stuff finally. Like, there's a whole, a whole bunch of like, little nice things for developers to be able to use, but a lot of that stuff, like especially the Swift UI stuff, a lot of that's going to be harder to actually use in practice until you can require 15, which is probably, for, for most of us, it's at least a few months out, and it's more likely probably a year or two out for most of us. Um, so most of my plan for the summer is really features and fixes, and that's what I've been doing. Like I, I've actually had a really good couple of weeks for um, programming productivity, uh, which is rare for me <laughs> to have two weeks in a row That's of great. productivity. But, um, but uh, so I've actually had a pretty good couple of weeks and uh, I've been working on just features my users want. It, it's actually been really nice. Um, I do, I'm a little concerned about, there is some stuff like when I build with the 15 SDK, a lot of my table views get messed up and my navigation views. Uh, there's a bunch of like little visual glitches that happen. Um, oh and, no. So there's, I, I'm, I have some work to do there that I'm going to probably tackle like in a week or two, um, because like right now, like if I run it with the 14 SDK on 15, everything's fine. But then I can't, I can't do all my you know cool conditional enabling of all the 15 stuff. So I am going to have to you know dive into that in, in the next week or two. Um, but for the most part, I, I was kind of waiting till beta two honestly to be like, you know, how many, how many of these things will they fix for me so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> um, but for the most part, um, with with that exception of you know fixing whatever broke in the UI from the, from the fifteen changes uh, to navigation and table views, I'm mostly just doing feature work now. Um, I, I the last week I've been working on the watch app, just making it more reliable, making it sync better. Um, I, I'm I'm attempting a, a background uh, API change on that um, for the watch. I'm attempting that NS process info expiring activity thing uh, on the watch. You, you ever use that for background stuff? I feel like I haven't used that in years. Like in the early versions of WatchGate, it was it was important, but I think when they introduced the background app refresh stuff, it became less relevant from what I remember. But um, I, I do remember using it um, at at some levels. So you're not completely off base in in attempting to use it. Yeah, because like you know, on iOS we have the um, UI application you know, begin background task and end background task stuff, and on WatchOS you can't do that. But there is this NS process info perform expiring activity with reason API that's this kind of like elusive uh, under documented uh, thing out, out there that like it seems like no one's using it. But that is the way that's the replacement for begin background task in places where you don't have that API available to you, like not only on the watch, but also any extensions, iOS extensions. Um, and what I need that for is like if you pause a podcast and the app's in the background, as soon as the audio stops you have a very small amount of time while your app is, is not suspended. Yeah. And I want to be able to sync your progress to the server. Sure. And because a common problem I have is people go out on a run with their watch, they do watch local playback with no internet connection, and then they get back to their house, pause, they take out their headphones, and that's it. And then the watch then, the, my process is not running for enough time when it's actually internet connected to perform the sync to sync their progress. So I'm trying this API now in beta, and I'm going to see if it works at all. But anyway, so this is the kind of stuff I'm working on. I'm working on like improving the reliability of my existing features, and I'm working on new features. And it feels really good to be working on new features. And I'm not, you know, it's nothing super exciting yet. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully building towards more fun stuff. But it feels good to be able to work on stuff like that and not have to worry too much about rushing to adopt the new hotness. Um, I, I'm 
still barely adopting last year's new hotness. Like I'm still, I'm still trying to work on, uh, you know, adding widgets and I got to redo my CarPlay interface for the new iOS 14 CarPlay API from last year. Uh, so I'm perfectly happy kind of operating a year behind, uh, and, you know, being releasing like a really good app that uses all of iOS 14's features now or this fall, I think is a perfectly fine and reasonable place to be, even though it's all like, you know, one year old. Um, and then otherwise, you know, keeping compatibility with the old version as long as I can. And then, you know, I've been kind of floating this idea of like a UI refresh and Swift UI keeps like, <laughs> it keeps like tempting me like, oh, I should do, I should do the whole UI in Swift UI. And then every year, major stuff changes in swift ui and major good stuff gets added that i probably want to use and it's like well now i have to wait till i can require this os <laughs> so like once again i was like i was i was about to start tackling ui redesign and now i'm like wait a minute i want to use all this new stuff i want to use swift ui's new like you know the search box and the refreshable and all the bugs they probably fix and everything like i want to use all that but now i can't update my ui until ios 15 could be required so i that's there's that's probably a separate topic but uh yeah for the most part my summer plans are features and refinements and finally adopting some of the stuff from ios 14 last year that i that i just haven't had time to get to yeah and i think that's great like and it's it's it is i have a similar kind of place like i've been spending my programming time recently like we were talking about last episode talk working on this um, photo editor viewer changer for widget smith and it's like it's just classic just feature work it's just working on a point release adding some features fixing some things or rounding off some edges that were a bit rough before and it is kind of nice like it is um, and i think what i've been really enjoying a little bit too is it's the sense of i'm using tools that are stable and straightforward and um, I'm not spend have so sort of sometimes you, I'll spend the summer just banging my head against Xcode because it's half baked or there's you know it, it's things are always in flux and you know in beta two it works and then in beta three it doesn't work or you know what you, there's things things that change and evolve over the course of the summer and it's kind of nice to just be you know working on stuff that's I'm keeping iOS 15 in mind but I'm not really taking too much advantage of it because there's just not as a huge amount there you know that is is super important or necessary to take advantage of or even say like i'm thinking of you know all my watch related stuff the the new always on apis which are interesting and i'm really glad they're there but the way apple did built it it's like if i do nothing i just get a reasonable experience for free and i can enhance that experience which is great uh, and i look forward to building the enhancements of that experience but it's so nice to not have this place where i need to just you know, dive in and learn this whole new thing or this whole complicated system that I need to manage. It's like I can start with a very start with a good experience and make it a great experience, um, rather than having starting with no experience and then building it up from there. And so it is just kind of this weird place, and I'm kind of I'm kind of loving it. I kind of you know, this summer I think even just personally, it's kind of nice to um, be able to be a little more low key with work. And I think this is one of those challenges. And inter- I mean, it's a, certainly a challenge of being an independent developer is you know, you're in control of your, uh, the amount you work, that that's just a, the reality of not having, you know, a, a nine to five job is that you can work whenever for however much you want. And sometimes I'll work crazy hours and sometimes I'll work, you know, very few hours. Um, and it's kind of nice that I think this summer will be at, you know, an opportunity to work a little bit less and to have a bit more of a summer break, um, coming into things and then, you know, be able to sort of dive into a bit more time perhaps, um, this fall. But, 
it's kind of nice. And it's kind of funny when I look at my plans to be able to be like, yeah, you know, it'll just kind of be trucking away, but nothing too big. And uh, at least at this point, it is really kind of reassuring to not have any plans for any new apps. Um, and I feel like that's always been a part of my summer for, you know, for a while. Uh, but there's nothing in this summer that a- after I've let the kind of the glow of WWDC wear off, there's nothing that I'm like, ooh, I really want to build. Yeah, um, and so instead, it's just kind of just, you know, keep swimming and making things a little bit better. Yeah. I, and I will say too, like this, it's helping me a lot just to have more time to pay down my technical debt from having a seven year old code base or however many sure. years it's been since yeah. 2013 and 2014. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I've, as I've talked on this show before a lot, um, you know, I've been migrating a lot of things over to Swift or from old APIs to new APIs or both. And that just, that takes a lot of time. And, and it's, it, it, that's like, it's work that, when the platform is moving very quickly with a bunch of like must have changes, it's really hard to ever make time for that for that kind of, you know, tech debt repayment. This summer is in many ways a gift that like we, you know, not only are we all burnt out from the past year of, of horrible world situation, but also like we we now have way less that the platform is demanding of us for this fall. And so we're able, if we want to spend time paying down technical debt or making new features, and like we're, we're much better able to do that now than we, than we are in, in some years. And it, I, I'm just, I'm very thankful for that because I think we all needed that. And I think Apple needed it too. I mean, so far the, uh, I haven't put the beta on my carry phone yet, um, partly because I was afraid, partly because I was traveling and partly because I hate the new Safari, but, sure. I, <laughs> but I'm about to. And, and what I've heard from people seems that the betas are actually pretty good. Like they're, they seem pretty stable. Um, and that's, I think that's pretty promising too, that it kind of shows that Apple kind of took this year to be mostly a stability and refinement year as well. And I always love when they do that, both as a developer, cause it makes my job easier in, in multiple ways. And also just as an Apple customer and as an Apple fan, I love when they take refinement years because it certainly doesn't happen every year and every time it doesn't we're like please next year take a refinement here so when they when they do you know it just makes everything better for everybody and it kind of gives everybody a breather with you know the platform's demands and also helps both apple and the rest of us improve quality and features on our apps instead of just trying to catch up on the latest like system theme or or whatever we are brought to you by instabug Building mobile apps presents some challenges. Bugs, crashes, and performance issues can be a nightmare for developers. But what if you could not only detect all these issues, but understand the quality of your app from your user's point of view? Instabug's lightweight SDK grabs all the insights you need to build quality apps through comprehensive bug and crash reports, performance monitoring, and real-time user feedback, all in one SDK. With Instabug, you can continuously monitor and measure the performance of your app as perceived by your users, engage with your users by letting them report issues and questions right from inside your app, and get all the information you need about bugs, crashes, and other issues, and fix those issues in record time, all with a strong focus on privacy and security. And you don't worry about the hassle of switching to a new tool. It only takes a minute to integrate Instabug into your app, and it fits right within your workflow with support for Jira, Slack, Trello, GitHub, Zendesk, or wherever you use to handle your issues. Join over 25,000 top mobile developers around the world who use Instabug to ship high-quality apps. Go to try.instabug.com radar. 
That's try.instabug.com slash radar. Our thanks to Instabug for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, and I think, too, like, in addition to just that nice feeling, it's, it is weird to also have, I've started to think about and feel a bit more confident about tackling some of the more businessy features, um, things that I think might help my apps but aren't technical. Um, like, there's the tech debt that you've been talking about, which I think is certainly something we're always paying down. But I feel like sometimes there's also this, like, I don't know, business and marketing debt that I've been um, accumulating as well. And, like, for example, one of the things is localization. Um, and it's something that I, 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 you know, a couple of my apps are localized and a couple of them aren't. And, you know, the reason some of them aren't is because I know it can, it's, it's, it's an undertaking. It takes a long time to do it well and reasonably. And, um, it creates an extra, like just load on, on your, on the, you know, on the development process going forward. And, but it's also on the flip side, I've also seen the effect of it firsthand where it can really help, um, with downloads and with usage and certainly the customer experience, if you know your app has a, has a you know a meaningful or a, a media meaningful audience who doesn't speak you know English in my case, um, the language of the developer, um, it's certainly a, a, a benefit. And so it's like one of my things on my to do list is like once I kind of knock out some of the technical stuff, is I think I'll have time to potentially start exploring that and thinking about you know localizing WidgetSmith or. Uh, trying out some of those things where I just previously I've been so focused on, you know, I'm in Xcode so much that I'm not even really thinking about that. Or similarly, it's like Apple is uh, introducing all this sort of, it's not quite AB testing, but it sort of is like, so all these things that we can start to do with uh, our app store page, uh, which is something that I'm a little intimidated by in some ways, just because it's, it's not an expertise or an area of mine. Um, and I know it's going to take a lot of time to, for me to really kind of explore and understand it as a result. Um, but it's kind of nice to feel like I have a little bit of the slack to be able to dive into that a little bit and, you know, at least do a, do a few cursory explorations into that of creating, you know, three different sets of screenshots and trying them out and seeing if a different set of screenshots works in a different context or those kinds of things that, um, Apple is allowing us to, to do now. And so it's kind of cool to, be able to explore those a little bit and as much as you know as much as i think ostensibly i would like to do more and better with that it's something that i've learned from history that usually making sure that my technical ducks are in order is overall much more important and a much better use of my time um, than spending all this time and effort on the sort of the businessy size because that's just not an area of expertise and an area of skill to some degree and so i can sort of make up for it a bit um, by, you know, focusing my time where it's, it's sort of better spent, but it's kind of an interesting aspect too this summer, um, that it's, you know, I feel like for a long time, the last item on my to-do list has always been like localize this app. Um, and I kept pushing it off, pushing it off. And it's in some ways I'd, you know, been pushing it off because I was expecting, oh, this summer I'm going to have to implement a whole bunch of new stuff technically. And it's kind of nice that when I look through, it's like, mm, you know, it's like maybe a third of the summer is going to be like mandatory technical work. Maybe a third of the summer is kind of optional fun technical work. And then there's, you know, a third of the summer that is just available um, for, you know, this kind of more business and marketing exploration stuff too, I think. I like the concept of optional fun. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what I've been working on. Like, it, like in the last you know week or so, like when I've, when I've been, I've been kind of toying with some things, you know, t- toying with some new APIs I haven't used before, you know, toying with, um, you know, different different ways to do things that I've been doing for a while, but like revisiting old methods that I that I was doing something. And I'm like, you know, I 
I first tried to do this thing and I got the math wrong and, and, I, and I thought it just didn't work. Let me try doing it again and maybe I can get the math right and maybe I can get it to work. And sometimes, it, sometimes I, I succeeded at that. And so it's just – it's fun. Uh, I guess it's optionally fun. In the Swift yeah. way, there's optionals everywhere. Um, sure. <laughs> it's fun. Exclamation point. Fun. <laughs> fun. It's, it's, it's unwrapped fun. Uh, <laughs> that's a terrible joke. You're, you're, this, is, this is the one audience that really would appreciate it, though. Yeah. So I'm sure that one absolutely landed perfectly. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, like that that kind of thing to me, or or you know, just again, like moving stuff from old code to new code is actually fun for me. Like it, it, it's in part a pain in the butt. It's certainly a pain in the butt when like you have to refix all the bugs and edge cases that you had originally fixed in the original code that you forgot about when you moved it over to the new code. Uh, but Overall, like that's like programmers love rewriting stuff. Like that's uh, that, that is fun, um, especially when when the new way can be like smaller, cleaner, um, possibly more advanced or more resilient or whatever. Um, and this is all going to get even better once we can require fifteen, and then we can all use async await and all that other stuff. So, like you know that that part of the annual cycle of optional fun is, is always here. Yeah, I think in a weird way that particular situation with async await is really interesting to me because. I'm really excited by it, and I really like how I watched a bunch of WWC videos, and I was kind of diving into it, and it's like, this is really cool, but since I need to require 15 in order to use it, I don't expect to really, like, you know, sink my teeth into it until much, much later, um, because it's still going to be in flux, probably, and it's just, I can't use it in practice, because it's a, it's not the kind of thing you can really, like, you know, if if iOS 15 do this, if iOS 14 do that, like, you're going to drive yourself insane trying to do that, um, and so instead, it's just kind of like, cool, cool, it's nice to know that's coming, like, some maybe this time next, next summer, it'll be transitioning a bunch of my code um, over to that, where, you know, I hope that iOS 15 is doing what iOS 14 is now, like, right, for me, anyway, like, iOS... Um, 14 is like 90% adoption or something like that among my active users. And like, if, if that's where iOS 15 is next summer, then, you know, adopting async await, um, you know, and requiring iOS 15, you know, September of next year is, seems pretty reasonable and safe. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting, and which is also interesting to think through in terms of, I think we'll finally be able to drop all those. I remember for a while we were kind of stuck with, uh, there are a couple sort of versions of iOS that were slow, still slowly dying, which I think they'll have finally died. And so next year kind of feels like a year where maybe that kind of s- sort of step function change where we can adopt a bunch of stuff that, um, you know, we've been waiting on. But up until now, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to look at, but I kind of feel glad. I'm glad in some ways, though, that I just don't need to touch it because, um, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah, it's like I can't require iOS 15 for a while at least, and so I'm not going to go go near you know that kind of a fundamental technology um, in a way that maybe you know you've, some of the system level features. Sure, I'll you know I'll, I'll if def them in and here here and there, but I'm not going to do anything like that for such a fundamental like change to the way that concurrency works in my applications, which is you know of all the, of all the things you want to mess with. In theory, async await should make it safer, but concurrency is you know it's by far the, the cause of you know a huge a huge swath of bugs like i just recently discovered complete aside but i just finally fixed i think fingers crossed the biggest crashing bug in widget smith and it turned out it was this weird threading bug and it's like yeah threads are hard like yep. concurrency is really challenging <laughs> and, and, and i couldn't find this thing it was, a cra- it was one of those issues where like the, the the bug doesn't show up in the wrong place um and so you it, it took a lot of 
detective work to actually track trace it back to where the, the threading issue was happening. And maybe that's back to the theme of what I think what we're saying for this, this summer is I kind of like that I've been able to spend a couple of days just doing the breadcrumb detective work to try and find this crash. And it turns out it's like, oh, this one, you know, this one, this one uh, Swift dictionary was being accessed by two different threads in this particular circumstance. It's like, it took me forever to work that out. Now that I know that, it's like, well, yes, that would cause trouble. Um, but it's kind of cool to be able to have the time to do that and, you know, just in some ways waste a couple of days not getting anywhere until you actually find that final path where uh, you can you can trace the problem. Yeah, you're lucky you found it at all. I mean, sure. a lot of currency bugs you just kind of never find. Like, like most of the ones that I find or most of the situations like that that might cause bugs, um, usually the um, the thread sanitizer catches it for me. Like, as I'm running it, like, on device or in a simulator, like, I see this giant warning dumped out to my console, and I see the, like, get the little blue warning. I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> I did something, something wrong. <laughs> and, like, usually, if if not for that catching it, usually I don't catch concurrency mugs until I just rewrite that code to, in some other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and, and it's it's a good point, though, that, you know, we, we're so excited as a community about, you know, Swift finally getting this, like, first-class concurrency support in this new, modern, cool way. But this is 1.0 of that. And it's it's kind of nice in a way. Like if they never backport this to fourteen, and we and we have to require fifteen and and macOS whatever to use it, that it kind of sucks temporarily because we're all like, oh, we want to use it. We're trying to use it right now, but we can't use it until you know a year or two from now, whenever we can require fifteen. But in reality, that's kind of nice really because that's going to give them a chance to work out the bugs and the shortcomings and and also work work into like what's going to be the idioms for how we use these things what's going to be like the good practice the common case you know what's going to be the, like the quote right styles that we all use um, for things like how the apis work with this new capability how things are named and it'll give them you know more time to adopt the new style including you know not only async await stuff but also actors into the system frameworks and we can start, you know, avoiding more and more bugs about stuff being off the main thread and stuff like that. Like, there's so many, uh, there's so much work to do. Now that the system is here, there's still a lot of work to do to adopt it and to refine it and to fix the bugs and to adopt all the old APIs to use this new style. And if it takes us a year or two before we can really require, uh, you know, the versions of the OS that, that include this, that's ultimately fine because that year or two i think we'll be thankful that we didn't jump in with all of our main code yet because then when we do jump in a lot of those little little bugs and shortcomings and unknowns will be fixed yeah and i mean i think that's the best thing like the theme of the summer is just like the sense of it's just like making everything better and not in and like i think i'm excited and i enjoy reading the articles from like you know uh swift sendel or things like that where they're like building and stuff with async await and exploring and they're like there are people who are doing that work and i enjoy reading it and it's like they're off making that part of the ios world better uh, and i can focus on making my own lap corner better and more stable and more reliable and then hopefully those paths will join in the future um in, in kind of a cool way but it is kind of fun to yeah, it's like I can enjoy it. I can look at it more academically rather than uh, tactically, which is, you know, re reassuring rather than when all of a sudden like learning Swift UI. I remember when Swift UI came out, I used the version, very first version of it because it was the, you know, it was available on the watch and it was the, for the first time you could make real first class watch apps. And it's like, that was a rough summer because <laughs> there were all kinds of issues and, you know, especially it was like Swift UI and the watch. You know, both at the same time, I was certainly not making things easy on myself. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice to be able to instead 
Yeah, it's like I'm not using any version one technologies, I think, this summer. It's all old stuff for the most part and just little improvements um, here and there. And I have a lot of like, you know, sort of tasks I've added to myself of like, look, you know, when you can adopt iOS 15 fully, it's like then that remember to go back and backport this feature. And like I have in a bunch of my Swift UI stuff, I have like a search search controllers and stuff, which I've built and it sort of work well enough. And I'm not probably going to pull them out and do the weird like if 14 do this, if 15 do that, because that's just awkward um, and feel like it's more likely to create bugs in the short term. And so it's like, moreover, see what, see what iOS 15 adoptions like. And maybe in six months, it's actually reasonable to uh, require it. I don't know. And hope, you know, in that case, then I'll be in a great place and I'll, you know, I can go back and sort of open up all these little tickets that I have to myself of like go and, you know, replace my search with other search or do the drag to, you know, uh, pull to refresh or any of those kind of things. Like, great. I look forward to that. Like that sounds great. And in the meantime, we'll just work on features and make the apps kind of just more solid and better. Yeah, that's, that's really smart. I mean, you know, what you give up in the excitement of not using like the cool cutting edge stuff immediately, you gain in productivity and and stability and that's really it's really nice to be able to use the tools and everything after all the trailblazers have got have you know gotten through all the bugs and have figured out how things are best done like let them do that if you're not one of them and i'm certainly not (laughs) let them do that and then when you get there everything's nicely paved and everything works (laughs) like you can just fly it's really nice sure plus it'll it'll give me a chance to uh you know like before i jump into my swift ui redesign uh, it'll give apple a chance to maybe release that mac pro so i can actually compile swift ui in a reasonable amount of time That is something that I think uh, I'm. I, I I still feel like I could use some more speed for sure. <laughs> like when yeah. I when I go to compile some of my Widget Smith and Watch Smith stuff, which is all Swift UI. Like every now and then, it is just like why? Like it just all explodes. And you know, I think there was a period uh, last week where all suddenly it was taking um, like. I don't know, 15 minutes to try and compile my app. <laughs> and it turned out it was just like this one very simple, like Swift UI change that I'd made. And it just completely broken everything. And I couldn't work it out for a while. Like, how do, what, what, how do I do this? How do I fix it? But eventually I got there and it was fine. So, you know, bring on the Mac Pro, but also just, you know, understand that sometimes that happens. Yes. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.